tomato ketchup. Oh, yeah. Hot, crispy bacon. It can't be like floppy bacon. Then I saw a hash brown. Well, a hash brown's always good, isn't it? And it's so small. I mean, it can't be that bad for you. So, yeah, so I got that. Mmm. Yeah, that's quite good. Do you want some? Nice and crispy. Mmm, it is cold. Ah. Oh, and then I got fruit juice as well. Because, well, it's good for you, isn't it? Vitamin C, one of your five a day. We'll ignore the fact it's orange for sugars. We'll ignore that bit. Mmm. That's quite good. Right, bacon sandwich. Oh. I must have forgotten that bit. I got quite distracted, you see, by the hash brown. And it was only 89p. Hmm. No bacon roll. Well, <sighs> that's a shame. And I've given my hash brown away. <sighs> I'm just going to have to fight and get through this morning. But it's okay. It's all okay. Because even though I'd forgotten what I thought was the most important bit, I don't think I'm the only one. And I think if we look at this Bible passage, we see that Martha was probably the same. And she'd forgotten what was important in the midst of her other actions. So when we were looking at this morning, we came up with two questions. And the first one was, imagine if you knew that the most important king was coming to your house. For you, what would be the most important thing to do? What would you do? Feel free to volunteer some suggestions. What would you do? You'd cook. That would be your first thing to do. What would you cook? Would you go sweet, savoury? Savoury. Matthew, what you, would you do? Padem? You'd tidy up. Do you think mummy and daddy might pretend the king's coming round sometimes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew would tidy up. Anita would cook. What else would everyone else do? You'd make them feel welcome. Oh, that's an interesting answer. What about the rest of you? Padem? Lock the cat out. Yes, yes. That is sometimes a response for cat owners, isn't it? Well, some of our responses might be similar to one another. Some might be different. Some we might just rank in different orders of priority. And it's a story we've probably heard multiple times before. And quite often we give Martha a bit of a bad rap for it. But how many of us, if the king was coming, wouldn't jump straight into the cleaning, the tidying, the cooking, the sorting, making sure that everything is away and in the right place? It doesn't mean that everything will be spotless. If, if you are invited around to my house, don't ever go upstairs, because the downstairs might look very tidy. The upstairs will not be. And don't open any cupboards, because you don't know what will fall out. <laughs> but we will jump into some form of cleaning. But here... Mary and Martha don't necessarily know that the king is coming. It's not a prearranged visit. Jesus is passing through, and Martha shows hospitality by opening her house to the king as he passes by. And this is Martha doing what we would hope to do ourselves. We'd hope to be hospitable to the king. We'd also, like Anita, probably prepare a meal. But the NIV version that we read today says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made distracted, pulled in many directions. Some say that the Greek is closest to upset by her service. What Martha was doing wasn't wrong, but her attitude towards it was what Jesus then challenges. 
So Martha's attitude to the service she had chosen to do became one that she was grumbling over, going as far to say, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work for myself? Martha began to resent her service that she had chosen to do, much in the same way that I know that I sometimes grumble and moan when it feels like I'm the only one doing something, that no one's noticing what I'm doing, that no one cares. And I'm sure I'm probably not the only one. But the second question we came up with was, what is it that won't be taken away from Mary? Jesus' response after Martha challenges him is gentle, but as usual, straight to the point. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. But the Bible never explicitly says what won't be taken from Mary. But if we look at her actions, we can take a good guess as to what it might be. Mary sits at the Lord's feet and listens. It wasn't because Mary was being lazy. It was because she captured something. Mary had realized that she could sit in the Lord's presence without having to do anything. There was nothing she had to earn, nothing she had to do. She could just be Mary. And as Mary, she could sit at the Lord's feet and listen to what he was saying. And the art of sitting and listening, I think, is becoming a lost art. For me, sitting in silence even for a few moments, I find unbearable. The list of jobs in my head gets louder and louder. The urge to look at my phone gets stronger and stronger. The urge just to get up and move and do something different becomes far too much. And you can see it if you go out to restaurants or coffee shops when there's just a couple and one of them gets up to go to the toilet and the other one straight away gets on their phone and starts doing something. You'd definitely see that if Luke and I were to go out and I get left by myself. We live in a society that is do, do, do and go, go, go. And I think sometimes we might miss what Mary has gained through sitting. And for sometimes, for some of us, for people that sometimes struggle with silence, the art of sitting and spending time in the stillness, listening to God, can be a challenge. Worshipping with loud music, we might go on okay with. Reading, that might be okay because we've got something to do. Praying, well, we can do that because there's, a, there's another voice in our head. But listening, sitting, acknowledging his presence and allowing him to speak, well, that can be quite hard. I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds that difficult. What Martha was doing was not wrong. We're called to serve. And there are so many times where Jesus specifically tells us to serve one another and love one another. It's seen in the story just above this with the Good Samaritan. But serving and grumbling about what we're doing isn't the same as purely serving out of love. Serving for what we gain isn't the same as serving just to give. And when we allow these grumblings and these distractions to take the center of our lives and our thoughts, instead of remembering the reason why, it does distract us from what's truly important. We do become like Martha. It's all about his presence. And within that, we can serve. We can sit, and we can listen. But we need to answer the door when he knocks, and we need to position ourselves in a way that we can receive what Mary received. Because the promise was that it wasn't going to be taken from her. And that's why it's so important to spend time with God in silence. And most of us here probably spend time reading the word, spend time praying. But if you're anything like me, when we 
go and sit down and spend time praying, our prayers become a list of things that we'd like God to fix or a list of things that we'd like God to do. And we forget just to sit and listen and acknowledge him and just be captivated by his presence. So that is going to be my challenge for this week for myself, is to just spend a few moments each morning in silence and see what difference that might make to me. And if any of you would like to join me in that challenge, then I think that would be good for all of us. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we can just come and sit at your feet, that there's nothing we have to do to earn your love, that when we come and sit at your feet, you see a child coming to sit with her dad. And as we go through this week, I pray that you would help us to find those moments of stillness where we can acknowledge you. Amen.